Welcome to the Legion of Impact, where our goal is to bring you tactical ideas, insights, and meaningful conversations to help you build a life that you're proud of and positively impact the world. Now for your host, Anthony Hamilton. What is going on, guys? Welcome to the Legion of Impact. My name is Anthony, and I am the host of this podcast. Guys, if you haven't already, be sure to hit that subscribe button and follow the podcast. There is no fee to the podcast, but share it with a friend. Um, we say, don't be a hoe, share the show. Uh, <laughs> today, um, we have one of our uh, good buddies, Bryce Norton. Um, Bryce is a realtor out of the Rochester area here with us, and we met through real estate and has become uh, one of our uh, closer friends here in the business. And um, I think he's going to be doing a lot of really cool things in the near future. So without further ado, Bryce, what is going on, man? Nothing much, man. You know, same stuff, different day. Really appreciate you having me on. Yeah, for sure. Um, what, uh, what have you been doing today? Is today like a slack hangout day or been pretty busy day? Pretty busy day. Yeah. Um, sent out um, an exclusive right to sell contract, working on an off-market deal. Nice. Um, so getting that all ready and just really getting stuff set up for uh, for next week. That's getting the one you were media things figured out. Yeah, that that's the one you were working on uh, the other day. You had that yep, phone call yep. on Monday yeah. or whatever. Yeah, they're uh, they're down in Florida, so I know they're a little busy getting that contract signed. So I had mm -hmm. to just shoot out another one, extend it a little bit longer for them. So everything should be all signed up for tomorrow. Nice. Where is, uh, where's that listing at? Uh, it's actually out in Walworth. Oh, nice. Cool. Yep. Cool. That should be fun. Um, yeah, dude. So you are getting on social media a little bit. Your, am, your first two videos. How, how do you feel? Uh, relieved. Yeah. More than anything, it's like breaking out of your own shell. Yep. Um, whenever I talk to social media with people, um, I've always been a very reserved person. Yeah. Never been like, hey, look at me. This is what I'm doing. Um, so it's been quite a little bit of a change just trying to set up um, just like what I want to do and how I want to approach it yep. um, from an educational standpoint. Yep. Um, I know you guys have talked about it where it's like talk about what you know not what you don't. Yep. Um, so I'm really taking that to heart and, uh, just trying to take a crack at it, you know, uh, be comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah, man, that's it. And, um, you know, I, I don't, I don't think like, you know, you, you said like, Hey guys, look at me type thing. Right. It's, it's more so like when, when you can wrap your head around, like being a person of value and, you know, sharing any value that you could have, somebody out there is going to find it valuable somebody out there can take something from it and use that even if like in real estate right or in any business even if they're not coming to you necessarily like you uh your last video was uh what are three things to look for when uh buying a home right even yep. if that person doesn't come to you to buy a home they still got something from that so it's it's not always about like getting a client right there right maybe you gave them a point that is going to help them on their next offer. They've already been in contract with another agent or something like that, but they're going to remember that, you know, two, three, four years down the line when they have a life change inevitably and they come back and they, you know, they're, they're remembering, Oh, 
this dude named Bryce gave me this one really important like piece of information that, you know, really helped us with that last sale. And they come back to you. And that's usually how it happens. Because if we're being real, man, most agents don't provide enough value for people to come back time and time again. You know, they really don't. It's it's normally like, hey, you know, I, I found you on Zillow or I found you on op, like Realtor.com or whatever. Can you help me buy a home? They send them through their whole line of their team agents or whatever. Whoever's in that area can show them a house. And before they know it, that client's worked with like six different agents, you know? Yeah. So there's never any real value that they're providing. Very rarely is it like one person providing value. And so there's, there's really no um, loyalty, I guess, you know? And so I, I, th- I think yep. getting on social media, man, while it's, it's hard, like a lot of people don't want to do it. I think it's super important um, just for that factor. Cause it's creating enough value to create loyalty. You know, I want clients who want to work with me, yeah. um, you know, not buying, you know, whatever leads, Zillow leads, realtor.com leads, yep. um, where they have no other choice for the most part, yep. um, or they may not know that they have other choices. Um, so sitting there and trying to provide value, um, for people who, you know, out in the world or within my sphere, um, being 26, a lot of people in my sphere haven't purchased homes yet. Yep. Um, and they may not know what goes into the process exactly. <clears throat> so if I'm there to provide value and allow them a leg up, um, ahead of time, yep. then that's what I'm looking to do. Right. And you said being 26. So Avery and I started in the business. We were. We are 23, I think, mm-hmm. uh, 22, 23, right? So, um, at that time and, and even where we're at now, but where you're at is like, yeah, your sphere hasn't really bought anything or, you know, your friend group, the, the, your peers and stuff, they're not buying anything yet because they're still young. Um, and for us, especially when we were 23, you know, none of our friends had, were buying houses at that time. And in fact, like we were probably the closest ones to buying a house because <laughs> the people that we were friends with were turds, you know, it, it, it's like, oh, uh, we lose you. All right. Where were we? All right. There we are. <laughs> um, all right. So, uh, technical. Yeah. Yeah. No worries. Um, yeah. So, you know, at that time, like our, our peer group, you know, they were still turds, you know, you're, you're still in college at that time normally. And you're having fun, you're partying, you're drinking, you're smoking, you're doing whatever. You're not saving for a house at that time. You know, most people, very few were saving for a house. So when we got into it, it was like we were looking up to like our parents and their friends, you know, or maybe our older siblings, friends or whatever, right? But when you're brand new and you're stupid young, it's hard to establish that, um, I guess like seniority or, you know, make it come off as like you're an established business person or an established realtor, you know, right. And especially when people actually know you just started, right. There, there's no hiding that. And that's, that's why I keep saying social media is the great equalizer between new agents and experienced agents. You can come out on social Mm -hmm. media and show your expertise and everybody can see, Oh yeah. He just, Bryce just started, but he knows what the fuck he's talking about, you know? Right. Have you seen people kind of discredit 
your knowledge maybe because of age or because you're new or something like that? I've had some people be hesitant. Yeah. Um, because of being so new and yeah, age for sure. Yeah. Um, cause a lot of times the people I'm dealing, dealing with are older. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way I like to spin that is that yes, I am new, but I usually bring a fresh new perspective to things for sure. Um, you know, looking outside the box, not being so um, honed in on one path yep. that a lot of these older and more experienced agents have been, yep. where it's like they have their systems, they know how things should go, where I'm coming in fresh, you know, yep. I'm still trying to find the path a lot of the times. Yeah. Um, and that's what I really find enjoyable with the job, that everything's so new to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but over the past couple of deals, and even now with some of the investor clients I deal with, it's always something new every single day. And... I love that. And, um, because, you know, yeah. And, and, you know, the other thing that, that we made evident, you know, as we were younger and, and younger in the business was, oops, was, um, we let people know that we were willing to go out there and do more than what everyone else was doing. We were able mm-hmm. to, we were doing more than what the 20 year vet was doing. We were, not only were we making videos on social media, but we were knocking door to door. We were making 200, 300 phone calls every day. Um, we were uh, sending out emails by the hundreds, doing all of that. And that is quickly, we, we learned quickly at that point that a lot of that shit doesn't work, especially when you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> we, we knocked down a lot of doors and uh, we were up in uh, Greece and got met with a gun at one of the doors. Um, not fun, dude, not fun. So, you know, there, but then what we learned from that was like, okay, two dudes in suits don't approach the door and and like, you know, we're stockier dudes or whatever. And at that time we had beards and don't approach the door and just like stay there. Like you're supposed to approach the door and knock a couple times or whatever, like back up off the porch, you know? like back up so that like they know you're not a threat type thing. And, uh, yeah. So, you know, we started, uh, we started going only one of us up to the door at that time. We would go every other door. One of us would go up and, uh, that way we were less threatening. Um, yep. you know, but it's still really hard to convert door knocking when you're brand new. You don't know what to say. Mm-hmm. You don't know any scripts or anything like that. You don't know how to convert them. Like it's just hard. And then same with, uh, cold calling, right? Like when you're brand new, you don't even, you barely know the business, let alone how to, a a script to convert a cold call. When someone tells you, fuck off, how do you convert that? Right. You know, I mean, you can be persistent and keep calling. Maybe you'll have a breakthrough. Yeah. (laughs) But at that point it's a numbers game. You know, you might have one out of every 150 calls. Um, I personally am not the biggest cold caller. Yeah. I, it was so awkward to me. And that's yep. something that I need to get over, um, personally as a hurdle, mm-hmm. but you know, it's, it's finding your deficiencies and your weaknesses and trying to turn those into strengths over time. Yeah. And that's what I'm trying to do now, especially yeah. with social media. Yep. Um, because it's something that I have no experience with and thanks to you and Avery, um, really <laughs> pushing me to get going. So thank you for that. And you know, over the past couple posts, I've been seeing a lot of love, um, yeah. whether it be shares or likes, um, you know, and that's important being so new and that there's a sphere of people who support me. Um, so I can't Pe- thank them enough. Yeah, dude, people, people want to, to see you grow and win. And, mm-hmm. and they also, 
I I think <laughs> I think uh, more so they want to say that they were part of the process too, you know, and so they'll share it and and that's not like egotistical or anything, but they want to say everybody has that feeling of like they want to be with somebody from the start and and go through the come up and like you know, and so if someone was like helping to put you on, you know, in the beginning. And then you start doing really well and you become like one of these monster teams that's like a 30 under 30 or something like that or 40 under 40. Like, you know, they're going to they're going to sit there and, and for one, be proud of you, but then also to like be proud of themselves for helping you, you know, and yeah. obviously that's not taking they're not taking credit for you, you know, growing to be successful. But, you know, it's it's just it, it feels good for them, too. So, yeah, um, yeah, certainly. And I don't mind giving out credit. You know, if somebody consistently shares my stuff yep. and maybe that in turn turns to a deal down the line, yep. um, I have no problem giving credit because no. that deal wouldn't have happened without them. Yep. And, and it's important for those people you see who are constantly showing up um, for mm-hmm. you to go to reach out to them and, and just say, hey, thank you. I appreciate it. You know, and let them yes. know that they're being seen um, yep. because you make a point of that. Yeah. Be just, just like for you, like where you can kind of feel if, if people aren't sharing or liking or commenting on your shit, like you can kind of feel unheard or unseen. They can mm-hmm. too, if they're constantly sharing it and you don't respond to them or you don't thank them or you don't, you know, go engage with them somehow. They can also feel unseen or unheard and that impacts them too. So, you know, you don't go do that and they're going to stop sharing your shit. You know, yeah. they're going to stop the support or the outward support. Um, and obviously nobody wants that. You want it to be mutual all the way around, you know? Yeah. So, you want it to be mutual and reciprocate that engagement. Yep. Um, you know, cause everybody wants that engagement. Yep. Nothing's, nothing's better than sharing a post or posting something about your life and you have 50 hearts on it and people saying, Oh, that's awesome. Good job. Yeah. Right. Um, everybody wants that feeling. Yep. Yep. And you know, more so like, what I've learned because like my Instagram dude, my Instagram doesn't get a ton of engagement, but I look Mm -hmm. at the people who are engaging with it, like the individuals who are doing it. And they're the ones who are there all the time, all the time. Mm -hmm. And so I would rather have 15 of them than 150 or 3000 or whatever, you know, shit bags. Like you, you know, you, 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 you always look at these girls who are like, um, kind of like your only fans girls, right? Or like mm-hmm. they're, they're like attractive or whatever, but then you go in like their comments after they, but it's a girl from your school, right? So you go in their comments and all you see are like comments of like hard eyes and like eggplants. Right. And, <laughs> and you're like, okay, th- this isn't legit. Like these, these comments aren't legitimate. Yeah. You got mm-hmm. 1500 comments or whatever, but it's all hard eyes and eggplants. Like, so it's you you want focused engagement people who are actually uh engaging with your shit so you know hey those are really good points can you elaborate on the third point that you made right or Mm -hmm. uh you know this is great what camera did you use to get these you know effects or whatever things like that like things that are actually specific to your niche and to your post and yes that's what a lot of people get confused. They is they they look at like the sheer number of likes and comments and shares 
and really the shares is of those three are the things that matter. But then the comments too is like, even if you get like two likes, but you get 15 comments and they're all relevant to your content, that's important. Right. And that's Mm -hmm. triggering the algorithm to say, Hey, share more of his shit or show more of it, you know? Um, so then the algorithm then puts you on, right. And then you can call Instagram and say, Hey, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) But as far as, I know YouTube is the only one that will actually do that. But um, f- even for small pages, Instagram likes to put on big pages, but uh, mm-hmm. YouTube will put on small pages. The more you like are consistent with it, it's it's kind of interesting when you dive into the algorithms of all of these platforms. It's like, it's, it's kind of crazy. And it, it learns like consumer behavior so well. That it's 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 scary. <laughs> it's, yeah. Oh, AI and all that coming yeah. around nowadays, man. Yep. It is. It is a terrifying thought. Yeah. Um, as long as it doesn't become self-aware, then I think we're okay. But yeah, it seems like it's well on its way. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You know, I read a thing though because, like, AI is it, dude? It's it's scary, and a lot of people are like, oh, it's going to replace you know our job. Like copywriters, especially, are like holy shit, we're going to lose our job to a computer. And it's like, well, that could have happened probably a little while ago. But, like, it's weird because in real estate, realtors think that AI is going to replace them because people can go on ChatGPT and, you know, uh, put in a prompt, how do I buy a house type thing. It'll give you step by step by step by step. Then it'll give you how do I word a a listing agreement or how do I word a, a... purchase and sale, right? And um, with relevant legal terms and stuff, it'll do it exactly. So I've heard realtors be like, you know, we're not going to have a job. And just like when Zillow came through, when Zillow was coming through and um, having their agents and stuff and everyone's like, oh, Zillow's just going to phase out the the real estate agent. And it's like, no, people still want a people experience. What's yes. going to replace real estate agents is other real estate agents who are tapping into this stuff, right? So mm-hmm. learning how to use it effectively, that's what's going to replace a real estate agent who's not using it. So yes. use it as leverage. Yeah. I've been starting to do that with some of my posts. Yep. You know, if, if I have trouble wording something, you go into chat GPT and, you know, hey, type it up. How yep. do I word so-and-so? Yep. And it'll shoot something back. I'm like, oh, never thought of it like that. Yeah. You know, so like using it to your advantage and as leverage yep. is going to just propel you, your business, your posts further. And you're, you're right. You're going to just, you know, hurdle over people who aren't using it. And it's, it's crazy that people will refuse to tap into it. You know, yeah. it's like, it, it's not going to phase you out, but it will phase you out if you're not using it. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's just, just use it and you won't be phased out. You know, what's, what's crazy about it is like, you can put in a prompt and then you can say like rewrite that in layman's terms or mm-hmm. re rewrite that as Dwayne, the rock Johnson, right. Or something like that. <laughs> and like, and it'll actually put in words that like they use, you know, it's pretty crazy, but you know, you can break it down. Like ex- explain this to me as if I was a seven year old and it'll actually, you know, break it down as if you're a seven year old. So it's, it's pretty gnarly, dude. Um, how, how this stuff works and you're right. I mean, using it for your content, especially 
is a mm-hmm. super hack. It's a super hack because is, so is that what you did for your two posts there, your two uh, reels? A little bit, yeah. I took yeah. A, a couple notes from it. You yep. know, when I had a little bit of writer's block, you know, you kind of get some inspiration yep. and uh, kind of figure out the wording of what really comes across nicely uh-huh. with some of the posts. Yep. Um, you know, sometimes I can get a little bit too vocab driven yeah and perfectionist yeah um i've always loved vocabulary so i like to use these <laughs> big you know expansive words yeah and sometimes you've got to dumb it down a little bit yeah. you know just it just how it is for me yeah. um so it's like yeah sometimes you go to chat gbt and it it always has a great way of kind of laying it out yep and yeah you just take inspiration from that bits and pieces um so yeah i will give a little bit of credit to chat gpt on that <laughs> dude I, I i use it almost all the time for like i'll just i'll just say like you know um let's see i'm kind of looking at my uh like my prompts here um uh like training ideas for realtors or uh let's see agent facing video titles and or i'll say like give me give me um what are three mistakes that first time home buyers make? Right. And Ooh, that's a good one. yeah. And so then, um, it'll lay them out and you can literally tell it, give me three different ones and mm-hmm. it'll give you three different ones or give me six entirely different ones that nobody thinks of, you know, like yep. crazy, like different prompts like that. And it's a skill to, uh, to actually type in the prompts that like matter. Um, mm-hmm you know, to make it like really good. Um, but like what I do with my post, man, is I, I just do the bullet points and then I, I know enough about video now and enough about real estate now to, and enough about, I guess, a lot of different things to just be able to like rift on things. Um, yeah. and, the, but, but like you, man, I, I still go through shit like seven takes of it <laughs> you know because i maybe i fucked up a certain word or something i didn't like how it sounded yeah. or like maybe i'm like hey maybe i came across too brash or like you know so i'll be wa- watching it back and i'm like huh i don't i don't like that or i can't mm-hmm. like i can't clip it the right way or something and so I'll, I'll go back through and i'll take i'll do another take or whatever and um but that's why like you did in this last video rather than the first one you did where it was one take you did the yep. you did uh, the clips, and the clips um, chopping it up and made it so much easier. It makes it a lot easier because then you can only if you have to, you can um, delete one of those videos and mm-hmm. only re-record that point, right? So if you're doing like uh, three mistakes, right, and mistake one was good, but mistake two is trash, all you do is you go back and delete mistake two, and then you can re-record mistake two. You know. And yes, and that that comes with experience because yeah. that first time I did it for my first video, doing it all in one take, yep. and it took probably about twenty five takes to get it done. Yeah, um, that was hell. That's to that's be, tough. To be quite honest, yeah, <laughs> that's tough, dude. Um, and that's why like live streaming and stuff for me is like so hard, and even podcasting, mm-hmm. dude, is so hard because like I'll I say things and like at this point you just got to roll with it. It's like, you know, correct yourself a little bit and roll with it. And it's like, hey, it's there, you know, it's there. There it is. I fucked up. (laughs) But But it makes it relatable for the viewer. Yeah, it does. Because we all fuck up. Yep. Yep. Nobody's perfect. And what's, I can't remember that saying you sent me the other day. Um, 
something about being perfect and done, done, not perfect. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, done is better when perfect, when perfect isn't done. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And that really spoke to me because I try to be a perfectionist in everything yep. I do. Dude, I, I, um, I saw it in that. Content, yeah. It will be. I, I saw it in your first video, right? It's, of course, mm-hmm. it's your first video. You're, it's going to be that way. You're still a little bit uncomfortable, maybe a lot uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, Very. Still kind of figuring this thing out. And um, it seemed like you were trying to be perfect. Then the yep. second video, you were a little bit looser, you know? Mm-hmm. And then now, like, the third video and, like, moving forward, you know, I would like to see um, a little bit less, like, scripting. But it, that comes with yeah. that comes with the experience, you know. Yep. It's just like it's just a cold calling, or even like calling a warm lead or something. And you know, uh, a lot of these like coaches and stuff will have like a script book of, you know, there's there's sales programs out there. Is like if they say this, then you say this, right? And mm-hmm. and that's like the robot coming out. And so that's why everyone seems salesy and stuff. When you right. can when you can tailor that to how you actually sound that's when you get gold, you know, and, uh, that's social media, you know, when you can take those points on chat GPT or whatever it is, whatever you're reading from, and you can just kind of put it in your own words a little bit, you know, and just make it sound a little bit more natural, like more free, free flowing then yeah. that, you know, that's when, that's when it becomes gold and that's when, but your, your videos have hit well so far, you know? And yeah, they've, yeah. Hey. they've gotten love and, and, um, it helps like Adriana sharing it and, um, mm-hmm. the people that you care about are sharing it, which is super beneficial for you. Um, yep. and it shows you that people actually fucking care <laughs> and they yeah, want to, they want to hear what you, what you have to say. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I think I checked it today in my first video. Uh, I think it had like 845 views. Yeah. I'm like, I didn't even think I'd get more than 50. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, a view is a view yep. to me. I mean, yep. hell, if somebody's eyes are on it, maybe they're learning something. Yeah. Maybe they're taking something away from it. Yep. That's what counts for me. Yeah. Um, but, like, just I was kind of blown away to see 845. I don't know if that's a lot or a little or what, but no, it seemed dude. like a lot to me, so I'll take it. Dude, 50 is a lot, bro. How, how long? Yeah. I said it in one of my videos the other day. How long would it take to knock on 845 doors a long time a long time dude (laughs) it's it's uh and then how you know how long would it take you to dial 845 uh phone numbers a a long time like if especially if you don't have a circle dialer or something like it's gonna take a long time and you just got that in the hour that it took you to post that you know or half hour how as as you get going more it's gonna take less and less time you know, yeah. mine are still I'll like, more comfortable. yeah. And you know, mine are still like 15, 20 minutes just because like you, like, I just want to make sure things seem good, you know, and at yeah, least I come across right. Yep. I put a lot of time into my caption. I think more than I put into the video. Um, mm-hmm. just cause I want to make sure that the caption is capturing anything that I, maybe I missed in the video. So if there's a, a specific point that I forgot to say in the video, rather than re-recording the video, I'll put it in the caption mm-hmm. so that if someone is seeing the video or listening to it or whatever, and then they go back through the caption and they read it, then they're going to be like, oh, that's what, kind of what he meant or whatever, you know? 
Yeah, and it allows so, you to expand on a, a topic a little bit more. Yep. You yep. know, where you have, what, 60 seconds for a video? Yep. Um, you know, it just, yeah, if people are reading their the caption, um, you can just dive in a little bit deeper to kind of give them a little bit more context of what you're talking about. Yep. And sometimes that just bridges the gap between the video and caption and really clicks it in their mind. Yep. Hundred percent, and and so you know what we're starting to do um, is we're starting to record, especially now with YouTube. Um, we're we're going to be, and we're already starting to get like relocation calls, and so mm-hmm. like people are like, you know, what is the process? And so what we're starting to do is like, or what we're going to do is, since we're already on social media and stuff, we're gonna just r- record videos for every single step of the process for like buying a home with us mm-hmm. and we're just going to shoot those off to whoever we're working with. So it's literally, they can just watch it instead of having to read an email or something. They can watch, you know, step one and then step two and step one is going to be like, congratulations, you made a decision to buy a home in the finger lakes, you know, yeah. and, or something like that. Right. And, and, um, then we get into like, you know, uh, the first step is going to be set up a zoom call with Avery and I, and you know, blah, blah, blah type thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, then you go into step two and three and four until you look for homes and close. But that way they can see in like two minute videos, your whole process. And I just think that's something different that I, I don't know many people doing that, you know? Well, that's a great idea because in turn, that'll give you more free time to spend time with family or yep. do other you know, money generating activities, Yep. Uh, you know, rather than sitting on an hour long phone call, going over the same information yep. with different clients yep. time after time again, um, that is a great way to kind of streamline it. And, you know, in this day and age, people sometimes want to move quickly. Yeah. And if we're able to sit there for 15, 20 minutes and watch five or six different videos to get the whole process down, yep. why not? Yeah. You know, a hundred percent. And you know, what's cool that I learned um, Eli actually taught us is, uh, I don't know if you knew this, but on Gmail, you can go in and you can create like templated emails. And so, um, it's, it's like a canned response basically, I think is what it's, what they call it, but you can go in and in templates, there's a section that, that says templates. And so like, I have one for like a new agent introduction to our onboarder. And so, Mm -hmm. um, you know, when, uh, Corey, his name is, uh, when Corey was coming on, um, we sent over an email. Literally all you do is like in the email pop-up, when you compose a new email, you, there's a button that says template. You click on that and then you click the, the template that you want, which is a pre-written thing that you wrote. And all you got to do is like in the name column, you write in his name. We wrote in Corey's name and then, you know, uh, as you scroll down, it'll say like, you know, uh, prospects name in, in big bold letters or whatever. You just type in their name again. And so like, mm-hmm. it's super quick and efficient. Like you, and then you just send that email. Like it's, so you don't have to, you ever seen like emails that are like super long with instructions and stuff. And like, Oh yeah. It would take forever to type that shit out. So if you can have it typed out one time and, and just edit it a little bit, here and there, then, then you're good, you know, but so we can do that with videos. So you can type in a templated or a canned email response and just put the video link in there to a Google drive or something. And 
somebody clicks on it and they can see the whole process right there. And I love that idea. All you got to do is like go compose email and then type in their email address and then template and send, send that over. Like, yeah, it's that easy. So, I mean, that would probably take when we're first building it out, it'd probably take seven minutes, <laughs> you know, and then, and then probably yeah. another three minutes to send it to each person. Like it'd be that it's that easy. So it would just be, it, it's so much more efficient, but the, the video thing, man, like I think it's a game changer and, and really it's just getting over yourself, <laughs> you know, yep. breaking out of your shell, just yep. being comfortable with being on camera. Yeah. Um, cause like you said, I mean, I've, I know I've said it before. I hate my voice sometimes, Yep. but you're like, that's your voice. Yeah. Like just, just get the hell over Dude, it, you know, get used to it. That's how um, people hear you, bro. Yeah, yeah, People exactly. hear you so, that way. People I mean, see you this way. Like, that's it. That's it. So, I mean, like, what's the difference between in person, on video, over the phone? Um, yep. You're going to sound and look and, you know, everybody's going to hear you the same. Yep. So, you might as well just just get over it and bite the bullet yep. and just, just get some shit done. Try that's some right. different things. So, so uh, real quick, go back to the very beginning, right? So, mm-hmm. we, I, I'm thinking back now, we kind of hopped into it. We didn't get into Bryce's story. Ah, so, <laughs> so what is Bryce's story? Go back from little, little bitty, you know, six year old Bryce and, and kind of come up like, you know, what was, what was little Bryce like? And then going into like college or adulthood and then like ultimately getting mm-hmm. into real estate and then where you're at right now. All right. Well, little bitty, Bryce, my sister would probably tell you I was the biggest uh, asshole around. Yeah, yeah. Um, no Good. manners. You know, I did what I want when I wanted. Sure. Um, but I started racing when I was seven years old, um, hopping in a little race car. Um, that was a family thing to do um, up in Sodus, New York. Um, did that for about oof, maybe nine, no, eight years, I believe. And then I went into a dirt car, um, a 600 micro sprint all through middle school and high school um, graduated in 2014. And actually that, I think it was that same year I hopped into an INEX legend, um, which is a 1934 Ford coupe downsized to a little or with a uh, 1250 CC Yamaha motorcycle engine. Nice, nice. Um, so racing's in my blood. Um, I never played any other sports and it kind of sucked that all my racing was on the weekend. So I missed all the fun things to do yeah. um, during, during high school and college, if you know what I mean. <laughs> um, you know, I was always busy and it was always family time. Yep. Um, my wife and I, we started dating in 2010 and uh, got married, what, 2021. So coming up on two years. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. So, so it took you eleven um, years to pop the question. Hey, man. I or ten years. I always knew it. It was yeah. just hey, I like yeah. to take my time. Yeah. You know, I, I always said we should live together before we actually get married. Yep. Um, yep. It took a long time for us to actually live together because we both went to college. Um, but after college, we moved in, and not shortly thereafter, I did pop the question. Yeah. So I always knew I wanted to marry her. Yeah. And. Uh, you know, it just, it took some time. I changed a lot over the years and she would tell you the same. And yeah. Um, I, I bet she has too. Phases. Yeah. Yeah. But, it's, uh, um, yeah, what, what college I, did, I did you go to? Sales. Oh, what was that? What college did you go to? 
Uh, Finger Lakes Community College. Oh, okay. Oh, so you were up in yeah. our neck of the woods. I was. Yeah, I yeah. was. What What years were you there? Oof, 2015 to 2016, and then I took okay. a year off to work at a drone startup Okay. Um, out in Fairport. That was fun, doing warehouse management, quality control testing, customer service, and a little bit of everything. Yep. So I kind of learned business real quick. Yep. And then I think I graduated 2018 or 2019 after I went back. Okay. With your associates? Yeah. Yeah. yeah associates. Yep. yep. Um, all right. So then you were saying you got into sales. Yep. Yep. I actually started working for my father. Um, I've worked for him over the years since I was young. Yeah. Um, he got me in there real quick for some cheap labor, um, <laughs> <laughs> cleaning the shop and, and learning a little bit of the trade. Yep. Um, but after school with my business degree, he put me on the road and I was in outside sales, yep. selling starters, alternators, generators, batteries, um, to every highway department from Brockport to Wolcott. Nice. And uh, all the mom and pop shops, you know, there's a lot of big companies in Henrietta, Admar, yep. um, Weasel House, Duke and uh, the Duke Company. Yeah. Um, a lot of these heavy equipment companies that rent out um, heavy equipment. So yep. I've, I've dealt with a lot of them over the years and uh, learned what, real quick that the road wasn't for me. Yeah. More what, or less. What did you learn, though, from the sales specifically besides besides that, that the road yeah, life wasn't skin. for you? Yeah. You have to have thick skin. You'll yep. get a 99 no's before you finally get a yes. Yep. But it's really just being persistent and being consistent. Yeah. Um, with your knowledge, with your products, and know what you're selling. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, now I probably don't remember much. <laughs> <laughs> so let me <laughs> let me ask you real changed. quick. A lot yeah. of people say if you're going to sell something, you have to love what you're selling. Do you subscribe to that? Did you... I mean, obviously you were into racing before you got into mm-hmm. that, but did you, did you actually enjoy the products that you were selling? I would subscribe to that because I didn't love the products. And so um, did you find you weren't very good? Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't the best out yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's really about gaining the relationships. That's what I was great at. Yep. Um, getting to know the customer and what their needs are, but the products themselves, man, I, definitely could live um, the rest of my life without ever having to sell another starter or alternator. (laughs) And I would be very happy. Sure. Um, You know, you really have to know your stuff and there are so many different products depending on what, what you're dealing with. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a lot and it gave me a lot of headaches. Yeah. Um, A lot of binders going through that. Yeah. I mean, I had great teachers, my father and uh, his very long time worker, Chucky. Mm -hmm. um, They were just Bibles of knowledge when it came to DC electrical. Yep. And that was a big help, but not loving it, not having that interest. um, That made it tougher. You know, so yeah, you know, I'm, (laughs) I'm glad you said that because I, when I look at things, you know, I, I've looked at a bunch of different things that, like, I thought maybe I could sell. And mm-hmm. I've just had these, like, internal kind of, I don't know if affairs would be the word, but these internal, like, dialogues where I'm like, oh, I can I can sell anything. But then I think about it, and I'm like, I don't like this product enough where I'm going to stay awake all night, like, learning about it, right? to, to be able to focus on the selling points of this product. 
Like I, I just don't like it enough. So no, I probably can't sell it. You, you might be able to sell some parts, but are you going to be like really freaking good at it? No, probably not. Are you going to be a top no. eight, a top salesperson? Probably not. You know, because mm-hmm. the the second that you want to stop learning from it, I think it's game over. You know, yep. or when you want to stop learning the product, it's game over. Um, I've uh, I've found th- there's um, salespeople I know for I think Cintas and uh, WB Mason. Okay. And yeah. WB Mason they they sell a bunch of shit to various stores literally any business out there anything from paper towel to toilet paper to office chairs to the mats that the office chairs go on to Mm -hmm. cleaning solutions anything right it's like how can you sell all of it you can't tell me you love all that there there is a factor of like okay i'm gonna sell it because i want to provide i want to put food on the table like things like that but right to what extent are you going to be good at it though? Because it's probably going to be very limited, you know, that's the battle you, you kind of wrestle in your own mind depending yeah. on your situation. Um, cause you're right. Yeah. Sometimes you have to put food on the table, so you got to just kind of suck it up and do and it. I think that but only takes you so far though. It does. You know? It does. You're going to hit a wall and it's kind of hard to get over that hurdle. Yeah. Um, if you don't absolutely love what you're doing because yeah. there will come a time in a place where it's like, you know, the crossroads everybody talks about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, it kind of let the cards fall where they fall, Yep. but that's what I learned real quick is I didn't love it. Yeah. I couldn't foresee myself doing that for the next 30 years. Um, and then maybe eventually taking over the business. Right. You know? Right. Um, those, those were big shoes for me to kind of step into cause my father owned it for 30 years and he gained such a rebu- reputation in Wayne County. Yep. Um, not something I wanted to do. So I always kind of thought about making my own path. Yeah. So how, what was that conversations that you've had with your, your father before stepping out um, that you weren't going to continue? Because there a lot of the time you see people who have family businesses, you see mm-hmm. it just the kids step up and they own it the whole way through. It's right. You have another kid, they own it. Another kid, they mm-hmm. own it. Right. And so it's, we, we were at just at a business today um, which I'm going to write down quick. Uh, so I talk about it after, but, um, we lost a drone today. So, um, <laughs> not fun. Uh, but we were at a business today talking to them and this business had been in their family since, uh, 18, 1831, I think she said. And wow. dude, so it's been like great, 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 great grandparents. And then great, great, great grandparents and great, great grandparents and great grandparents and then grandparents and then kids and kids and kids, you know? So it's like, it's just like, I I feel like those kids and those in families like that, they feel destined like to do that. Like that's all that Mm -hmm. they're ever going to do. And it's hard to break that like chain, you know, of, you know, all my great grandparents built this for me type thing for me to carry on, carry on the legacy and, all this yes. stuff and nobody feels that they can like break that chain, you yep. know? And you don't want to be the one to usually right. because of the expectation on you. Yep. You don't want to be the one that quote unquote lets it die. Yeah. You yep. know, or fall into other hands or whatever it may be. So um, were, were those yes. conversations you had with your father before that? They were, yes, we did have a few. Um, 
I made it known pretty early that this is not what I wanted yeah. to do. Yeah. I'm always more than happy to help him out. Um, you know, whenever he needed. Yeah. And thankfully he actually didn't put that on me. Yeah. Um, yeah. he never wanted it for me because he knew what he went through to build yeah. it. Yeah. And he wasn't one to kind of shut his mind off when yep. he was at home from work. He still brought home or still brought work home with him. Yep. Um, yep. sitting in the chair, sitting at dinner, he's constantly thinking about the work that he has to do or the customers he has to help. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am very thankful for him early on that he made it known that I don't expect you to take this over if you don't want to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you do great, I'm more than happy to teach you, but I learned real quick. It wasn't for me. Dude, I think that is huge in a business owner's uh, personal development, right? Is mm-hmm. understanding that you're because a lot of people they're like their their first hire is going to be the guy that carries on that company, right? And mm-hmm. like a lot of the time, not even sometimes, like a lot of the time, I think that that person doesn't want to follow suit and own that company. And so I think for a business owner like your father to recognize like, you know, I I wouldn't want, I wouldn't wish this upon my worst enemy, right? Because there's right, some shit, right. dude. Like, I mean, you and I both know any business that you're in, there's some shit that you go through hard times financially, hard times mentally, like coming home mm-hmm. and having whatever on your mind. Like it's, and then, and then the, the pressure at home, like, you know, pressure to show up for your clients or whatever the case is like people, people watch us and they see like, you know, we're on social media or something, but they don't recognize like the actual hardship that we do actually have to go through. And as you get deeper into it, like, and so him recognizing, like he wouldn't wish that upon anybody cause he knows how difficult that is. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, if, if somebody does have the skin for it, um, or, you know, the fortitude or whatever to endure what he went through and to actually probably find joy in that, then great, you know, push it off on them if they want it. But that's not most people, especially, especially if they're not loving the company, if they don't love what they're doing, it's going to be that, that company is going to be in terrible hands. Yeah. You know, so you might as well leave it to somebody who does, even if it's not your son, even if it's not your grandson or who you want to take it over. It's mm-hmm. got to be somebody who's going to carry that well, you know? Yep. So, I mean, good on him, dude. That I think that is, that's important that he recognized that. And then especially for you, not putting that pressure on you, um, yeah. you know, and it, then it making big. you feel guilty, you know? Yeah. Cause it was something I wrestled with for years. Yeah. Going through high school, um, you know, working there at the shop through high school yep. every day going there for three hours a day, yep. you know, before you close to five o'clock yeah. and, uh, you know, you kind of learn a little bit more when you're there in the trenches with them, yep. you know, getting your hands dirty, breaking down alternators, um, you know, hearing how things are going with customers and all the problems he's dealing with. Yep. Um, and you kind of think to yourself, is this something I can do? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, not for nothing though, like, but internally, like culturally, that's what, that, that shit is what builds the camaraderie, right? Mm-hmm. So like for you, you probably felt pretty attached to it, you know? Yes. Like even though you didn't want to, you didn't want to keep doing it. Like there's that dilemma of like, you love the people there, you love spending yes. time there, but you didn't love the job itself. And, you know, um, so I, I guess getting kind of personal, do you have 
now that now that he's passed, do you have any kind of like regrets of not carrying that on, or do you have any like second thoughts or anything like that? Um, I do. You know, every once in a while, that does kind of cross my mind how it would have gone. It's like that uh, sliding glass door moment where the opportunity was presented to me, even if I was, even though I was out of the business for the most part, or like looking to kind of step away. Um, I do sometimes think back of how this would have gone if I did take it over. Yeah. Um, but I always come to the realization it was probably for the best. Yeah. Because I would have felt even worse if it died at my hands. Yep. Um. And like I said before, those were huge shoes to fill Yeah, that my father kind of carried on on his feet. Um, you know, if I were to take it over, I w- would have looked to hire somebody to do the day-to-day operation. Yeah, I couldn't sit there at the, the main bench or the main desk and answer the questions mm-hmm. um, technologically or otherwise. Um, I would have been the, the CEO out the door, you know, good luck. Right. Leave it to the principal. Yeah. You need something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I think it was for the best that I didn't didn't take it over. For but sure. I do always have the occasional second thought, yes. Of course. Um so then uh getting into so you left that and then got into real estate. Mm-hmm. And that was yeah. that was eight months ago. Yeah, yeah. So actually um the year he passed away, January fifth, twenty twenty one. Um the full year of twenty twenty one. Um I worked full time because we are actually going through a transition because we were selling the company okay. to another local company. Yeah. Um, so you worked full time so at that company. There. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. So I stayed on for the transition to make sure everything went well. Yeah. Um, and every night I would come home and do my online real estate. Um, so I'd get home at five thirty, take a shower, start it at six and do it about three and a half to four hours a night, mm-hmm. um, for just about a year. You know, it took me quite a long time to, to finish it off. Why, what, what, what clicked for you that just said real estate? Like what, what was it that got you? Was it Adriana saying, Hey babe, you could probably make a million dollars in this. Was it, (laughs) was it you being like, I don't, I don't want to ever call anyone a boss again. Was it you saying, Oh, I can make my own schedule. Like what, what was that? It was a little bit of all of that, honestly, and uh, going through the home buying process ourselves yeah. um, during COVID. Yeah. Um, you know, it was something that I've always toyed with in my mind. Yep. Oh, I wonder what it's like. I wonder how you get into it. Um, I had a very good agent um, mm-hmm. who kind of showed me the way. She's like, hey, you take the course, you take the test. Um, I remember she said, um, if I can do it, you can do it. Yeah. And I guess like that little sense of motivation was like, why not give this fucking thing a shot? Yeah. Yep. You know, if it works out, cool. If not, I can always go back to the shop and work. Yep. You know, yep. I always got a place there. Um, and it'd be like riding a bike. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah, it was uh, a couple, couple things. I always liked the idea of being my own boss, but never knew what industry I wanted to be in. Yep. Um, having an associate's degree for business. I know marketing for the most part, advertising, mm-hmm. um, that for the most part comes easy to me. Right. And creating my own schedule and just being self-accountable was like a step that I felt like I needed to take um, because I've never had that opportunity. Uh-huh. So, yeah, it was, a, it was a fruition of multiple things coming together and having the ability to create my own schedule for things that my wife and I wanted to do. Right. And I know you've seen it before. You're like, I never want to, you know, ask permission to, to take off to go and do something. Yep. yep. Um, 
and I feel the same way. Yeah. Uh, so what's been the biggest challenge so far um, since you got into real estate? The biggest yeah. challenge? Earlier we were talking about like age and, you know, just being young yeah. or being new or whatever. But aside from that, what is? Trying to learn as much as you can in such a short time. Yeah. Um, just to be competent. Yeah. I mean, like we all got stuff going on. We all have bills to pay. Yep. Um, but I'm really trying to be a sponge um, and take everything in and learn a little bit of everything. Yep. Um, you know, I will eventually get my niche, my niche yep. and, uh, you know, find my path that I want to walk down. But I'm really just trying to take it all in. Yeah. Um, and really just provide value and be able to provide value for my clients. Right. Um, luckily, I've had some great people I've worked with who understand my position mm -hmm. and for the most part, I haven't had to be straightforward with, yes, I'm new because I already knew it. Yeah. Um, so that's been a big, big hurdle for me. And I've gotten finally, I know I've said it before, but I was a baby giraffe trying to find my footing <laughs> in a new industry. Yeah. Um, I finally got my footing and yeah. I feel much more comfortable now than I did three months ago. For sure. Um, things are starting to come together and things are really starting to click for me. Yeah. And that is a really great feeling when you've put so much time and effort into something yep. and actually see these things start to blossom. Right. Um, you know, and it really is a big thanks to both you and Avery, um, a lot of other agents at KW, you know, a lot of people who have been there for me along the way, my wife, yep. Adriana, yep. my family, friends, everybody who supported me. Yep. Um, cause there's dark times, man. There's times where you're like, yeah. man, am I really cut out for this? Yeah. But it, having it's that support really just, gives you a nice kick in the ass to keep moving. Yep. It's not a game, dude. And, and, and if you don't like, so, so here's the thing, like when Avery and I got into it, man, like it wasn't people outwardly saying you shouldn't do that it, mm -hmm. or, or you suck or whatever, but it was people like, uh, and, and he knows that we talk about this. So I'll, I'll say my, our dad, um, it, it was things like, I, I forget, it's more so like I we call him a naysayer, right? Where it's not like mm -hmm. him saying, don't do that. But it's him like saying the things that parents will say is like, just remember, you got to uh, you got to be able to provide for your family. And, you know, just remember, like you have insurance to pay. Just remember, you got, you know, X, Y, Z, like you can't stop paying for things. And, and it's like, yep. yeah, no shit. Like, I know. <laughs> and. And that comes with a hundred percent commission jobs. You know, it's, mm -hmm. I know things will be challenging. We'll get through it. It'll be okay. You know, it'll pass. <laughs> we'll, we'll figure it out. Um, but it's things like that. When people, when people make those kind of comments, they're like sidebar comments. And it's like, you know, we understand, we get it. But what you're saying right now is frustrating and it's, you know, kind of making us feel like, uh, maybe we shouldn't do this. It's like a, a doubt, you know, it's a doubt. And it's because it's like, yeah, that shit's scary, right? There's a lot of pressure there. If, if you don't make money, then you can't provide, you can't put food on the table. You can't pay insurance. You can't pay for your car. Like that's mm -hmm. a lot of pressure, a lot. It is. And when there's that type of pressure to perform, man, why do you think like actors and singers and shit commit suicide at super high rates? You know, yeah. comedians like Mel Robbins or like, or not Mel, is it? 
No, not Mel Robbins. Um, um, you know who I'm talking about. But I do. All these people who are like, you're like, oh, they seem so happy. They're running such a great business. Like, blah, blah, blah. They do an amazing job. How could they do that? It's like, well, mm-hmm. you got all this pressure. And then as you gain, and especially them, you build a fan base and stuff. It's like, now you have more on your plate that you need to provide for. Now you have a standard that you need to represent and then keep increasing that, you know? And if you have people in your ears on both sides coming at you saying, you know, remember this, remember that, don't forget about this. Like, make sure you do this. Like, it's like that gets stressful. That gets really stressful. And for a new agent, dude, that's like, Mm -hmm. that's hard to fight off because you're trying to navigate your way through this like swamp you know, or, you know, shark infested waters and (laughs) just trying to make it out alive. And you got people in your ears, like chirping, you know, and it's, that's tough. So did you, did you hear that at all? Like were people, you said you had a lot of support. Were there, was there anybody who was like, um, and so let me elaborate actually, or clarify. You can take that one of two ways. So the way Avery and I took it was, um, it was like, okay, it's kind of pissing us off, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's naysaying, but like, there's that chip. It's on our shoulder now, you know? Yep. It's, we're going to fucking show you type thing. And to everybody who didn't share our shit, who was family, friends, everybody who didn't recommend us, they recommended somebody else instead, who are family and friends, like people who are clo- it happened a lot. And we're the type we remember every single person. Well, mm-hmm. we, we have a running log, right? We have receipts of those people. And so it's like, just wait, just, just wait, <laughs> you know? And then we'll buy a, a, a dinner in Aruba and trip or whatever, you know? So, but that's <laughs> like, that's like the motivation, right? But then on the other side, that tears people down, you know, they hear that chirping and it's like, it's like, I'm not actually cut out for this. I don't want to go through the struggle or whatever, like, I'm just going to go back to a nine to five job and request permission for my daughter's dance recital, you know? Yep. So it's it like, it really comes down to mental fortitude to me. Yeah. yeah. And like what's your mental strength? You can use it as fuel or you can let it tear you down. Yep. Um, thankfully that's kind of one of the things I learned in racing. I had a lot of enemies and a lot of rivals Yeah. and that comes with winning. Yep. Um, a lot of people trying to tear you down and say you're not as good as you are and you just use that as fuel. Yeah. Um, when you pass them on the outside with three to go and you're going for the win, um, you know, you just have this little smile on your face Yep. and you just got to use it as fuel. Yep. Um, luckily I haven't had any doubters or at yep. least none I've heard. Yep. Um, but if I did, it wouldn't bother me. Right. And it, it's, it's important to have those blinders on, right? Just yeah. the blinders. And then also like earmuffs or something, you know, yep. literally focus on your lane, what you're doing and do not, focus on anything outside nothing Mm -hmm. you know and and for us we didn't learn that until a a long ways into our because we fed off it you know we did feed off it but you can only operate from the dark side for so long before you start crushing relationships and shit you know and so we learned that and it's like it's like uh, you know okay we we need to kind of come to peace with this we have to accept it for what it is it's going to happen um, nothing personal. It's just cause we haven't shown shit yet. We haven't made it yet. We haven't, you know, once we come around once, once people see, Oh, there's some steam to this, you know, 
then they'll start picking up support. But yeah, most of the time you, you've got a lucky situation, man, not lucky, but I, it's probably earned an earned situation. But most of the time mm-hmm. people don't support until they see something that they can support, you know? Right. And that's hard for a lot of new business owners to come to terms with. Yeah, certainly. And I am insanely blessed um, with the people in my family, my friends, my sphere. Mm -hmm. Um, I've always had a very supporting cast around me and I don't take that for granted. And I am very, very lucky in that because I know a lot of people aren't in that same position. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm sure I have doubters and haters out there. Maybe I just haven't done a good job of looking around to find them. Um, <laughs> don't don't but, look around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But nonetheless, man, I've uh, I'm I'm insanely blessed with everybody around me who continues to share my stuff, um, whether it be like a you know under contract post or a closed post yep. or the social media videos. Yep. Um, a lot of my best friends share them. Um, everybody, you know, will do a little quick repost. I think you guys did one. You yep. or Avery did one. Yeah. Um, so appreciate that. And it's just, uh, you know, sometimes you sit back and you have to reflect of your situation Yeah, and you kind of realize like, yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm blessed. People are enjoying the stuff I'm putting out Mm -hmm. and they're happy for me. Yep. And I can ask for anything more. Yep. And I I think you're going to find more of that dude that, Mm -hmm. cause here's the thing you've only put out two, but I guarantee you if you don't put another one out for a week and a half, Somebody, somebody will message you and say, bro, where are the videos at? <laughs> you seriously, they, they will, because somebody is going to be looking for them now. And yep. it, it might even be your wife, right? She might call you out on it. You, oh, you, she would. Yeah. She would a hundred percent. You said that like, she's, she's on? harsh. So like, yeah. And, and, and then, you know, and then now, especially Avery and I won't let you fall off that. <laughs> so no, as I'm, long as you listen to us, then, then, yep. you know, you'll keep doing it, but <laughs> it's, I'm um, shooting for two a week. Yeah. And that's really dude, that's all it takes. And you know, that's sustainable Two a week is yep. sustainable because even if you have a schedule Tuesday and Thursday or something like that, say something happens mm-hmm. where something happened. Like today I was gonna record a, um, like a training thing for our trailblazers group. And I, I was out in, uh, Naples, which is what I was going to tell you. I was out in Naples, uh, grabbing some B roll drone footage just of Naples. Mm-hmm. Cause we did a video talking about Naples and stuff. And I was right on main street Naples and, um, I was flying it and I got all the footage I wanted. I was returning the drone drone back to where I was. It was literally right up above me maybe i think it was like 100 feet or something like i could see it and it was coming down all of a sudden uh wind gust or something must have picked up like because today was one of those days where it was like a little cyclone of wind you know yeah and so it must have like got just to a certain point where it hit some wind or something and i i looked down at the controller and i started seeing like it going crazy and i look up at it and it's spinning out of control and i'm like oh no oh no oh no and i see the wind just take it across the street over to uh the build the businesses across the street and it then the screen just went like black and i'm like Mm -hmm. oh no and so this is a thousand dollar drone dude so yeah i go over across the street I, or I hop in my car, I drive right over there. It was right across the street. So 
I'm looking for it and I'm like, this son of a bitch is up on the roof. And so I go into the business owners where I thought it was. And, uh, I'm like, do you guys by chance have any access to the roof? And the one lady's like, uh, yeah, I do. But only to this lower roof that's flat or whatever you can see right onto it. And, um, and so we went up and she, she helped me get up there and we looked, it wasn't on that roof. And then I'm walking around, I'm looking, I'm like, well, shit, between this building and that building, there's gutters literally attaching it. So if it was on one of those, it would be in that gutter probably. And mm -hmm. so I call Avery. I'm like, fuck dude, you're going to be pissed. And, um, sure as shit he was, but he's like, all right, I'm on my way. Once he gets there, we devised a plan. We went back into that building. We're like, all right, if we can get onto this flat roof where we just were, then we can hop over to the next flat roof. And then we can get up on the air conditioning unit and at least see, right? And then mm -hmm. thankfully it was like right next to that air conditioning unit. And we found it, it was broken. But um, yeah. so I'm like, fuck. But uh, so we got to get a new one. But dude, mm -hmm. I was, I was shitting my pants because I thought like, yeah. I thought maybe it came down and like it hit someone's car or like it, you know, cause that, those were businesses. There were cars behind, behind the businesses. There were cars in mm -hmm. front of the businesses. There was, you know, or it hit someone's window or something like that. Like I thought I was going to be kid. on the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought I was going to be on the hook for something, but thankfully it was just the drone. And, um, yeah, I mean, got to get a new one now, but that is I think the least of <laughs> what could have happened probably, but yeah, I mean, yeah, dude, like shit like that happens. Right. And, and my point is like something will happen to a week. If, you know, say you have that Tuesday, Thursday plan and something happens like that, right. Where you're out doing something, something happens, you get in a car accident, heaven forbid or whatever. Mm -hmm. You have more days that you can, right. you have what, four other days or whatever, instead of like, I try and do three a week. And that is hard because I try and do it during the work week. So Monday through Friday. And I mean, really, you only have two extra days there, you know, and yep. just that one, one extra day could be so beneficial to actually getting something out. And so like, if I mess something up like today, then <laughs> I might not get a video out, you know, and, and to well, me, those things are for now is editing. I didn't realize how long it took to edit. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that caption program that yeah, you guys yeah, yeah. mentioned, yeah. like that was a lifesaver. Oh dude. So um, yeah, I got to teach you about that. Um, yeah. So you can do it easier um, and more yes. effectively. Cause what I would say was like, what I would say is like, if you move the captions down. So normally what I would do is like, if you see my screen here, my, you know, my picture here, mm -hmm. my, and just like yours right now, your body takes up most of the screen up and down, like height-wise, right? That's what yep. you want in a video. So and like right in this area. So then you can put the caption right like on your chest area, right? Something yeah. like that. Um, and uh, people, for some reason, they don't like reading when it's high. They like oh, reading okay. it so when it's lower, you know? Because that's also where your caption is going to be popping up too. So that's if you're... If you're and and not only that, but like, it's really weird, it, dude. Instagram is really weird. But when you have a reel, and you're just seeing it in your feed, and you're scrolling or whatever, and you stop and you see a reel in your feed, you can click on that reel and it expands a little bit, right? It'll expand another like three inches of video or two inches of video or whatever. 
So mm-hmm. it, it'll go full screen instead of just a small box. And so when you put the captions like there on your chest, it'll be able to be seen completely when it's just in the feed. If someone doesn't click on it. So like there, there's some tactics to it. It's really weird, but that's where people's yeah. eyes go to. So like, it's just, it, you know, and I don't know, it's, it's really weird, but, um, it helps things be more like aesthetically pleasing or visually, uh, you know, appealing. So it's, yep. it's weird, but these um, are the little things I'm going to start yeah. learning over time. And, um, and that's just it. To kind of get it's, better. it's putting um, in the reps, you know, it's just like, yeah, yeah. it's just like going in the gym for me, dude. Like if I'm doing a single arm, uh, uh, lat row, right? Like a, a single arm row and I'm pulling and if I turn my hand a certain way, I can feel it more in my back. And so like, as I'm doing the reps, I can be like, Oh yeah, I, I can feel that a little bit more rather than going this way. I wasn't feeling that. Right. So as you do more and you try different things, you're going to find out the things that work. And right. You know, my advice is always like, if it's working, don't stop, keep doing mm-hmm. that and then build on top of it. You know, just stack it, it, stack broke, it, don't fix it. Yep. And then just stack, build on top. So that's, that's what I've found to be pretty important. Um, yeah. What have you uh, noticed kind of keeps you like driven or motivated in, in real estate right now? Is there anything um, specifically that like gets you up and out of bed or is it like just like because you, you had mentioned before that you've just thought about it as a job? Mm-hmm. Which, which that's actually a good, uh, frame of mind when you're considering like, I have to show up. Right. Yeah. But you know, in, in our business, if it's just a job, then like, it's never going to be a business, you know? Right. But is right. there anything that like keeps you motivated or focused on, on what the goals are at the end? I would say there's three things at the moment. Okay. Um, number one, my wife. Yep. Um, just watching her wake up every day and going to her job early as hell yep. in the morning. Yep. Um, that's kind of giving me like, why the hell can't I do that? Yep. So I would say her, um, my father, watching him build his business for 30 years yep. and what he did to sacrifice and build it. Yep. Um, that's better motivation for me because those are footsteps I want to walk into. Yep. And, then and bro, three, real quick on um, that, real quick on that. He's got a front yeah. row seat to see what you're building now. Yeah. Exactly. Keep that in mind, dude. I think that's powerful. Yep. Yep. And every day I wake up and look at the picture of him and I, and that's kind of a nice little boost of juice to get my ass out the door and get something going. Yep. Um, Number three, bills. It's easy as it sounds like. (laughs) It's important, dude. Still got bills to pay, still got a mortgage. Yep. That's that's important. (laughs) You still got shit to do and and pay for, so. If I didn't have bills, man, I'd sit on my couch and, and watch Netflix or Dude. play video games or, you know, who the hell knows, yep. you know, yep. if, if I just had some money and didn't have to worry about it, yeah. um, you know, living leisurely, but no, <laughs> man, that, those are, those are really the main three and just finding something that I enjoy. Yep. Um, and really that I'm learning to love, you know, before you get into real estate, you don't actually know if you love it or not. Yeah. Right. Um. Uh, but over the last couple months, you, you know, you get a couple deals under your belt. You see how things kind of roll. Yep. You learn to love it. Yep. You learn to love the freedom, sense of freedom, I should yeah, say, not yeah, freedom. Yeah. Yep. Say, service industry when, when duty calls. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that's, I, but, I say that all the time, dude. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's really those things. Um, and I think I couldn't have picked a better industry to really jump into with two yeah. feet Yep. and, uh, have better people around me to really help me progress yep. as what seems as quickly as I have. I mean, I keep hearing, you know, you're lucky to get a couple deals in your first year. Yeah. Um, but I'm trying to break that mold. I, th- I think the so, average agent, like the average first year agent gets like two transactions their first year. Yeah. You've already doubled that. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So, I mean, that's, and, that's uh, something to be proud of. It doesn't yeah, sound like much my, to you, man, but it, that's significant. Yeah. I guess my first year ends in March technically. Cause that's when my onboarding was and all sure. that, but yeah. I really didn't start until May full time. Yep. Um, so I don't, I consider my first full year in May, yep. but yeah, man, I'm, I'm getting kind of close. Um, you know, I could always do better. Could always Dude. be better, but that's going to come, and, you know, and, and I have full faith in that. Yeah. And you know, it's weird. Cause I hear, I hear a lot of these like agents who talk about like, you know, I closed 30 transactions my first year. Mm-hmm. It's like, how dude, how like literally yeah. <laughs> like who the fuck did you know? Who did you know? Because like I, that, that doesn't happen. You know, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like I, I know that I know there's, people in our market our marketplace who (laughs) they they have a dad who's uh very well known in the mortgage industry and Mm -hmm. just so happened they got their start through his clients like it's dad who's very well established passing clients on hey we're gonna make you well established now here's the thing though is a lot of people are like oh silver spoon whatever like sure but you also have to take that and build on top of it you have to know what yes. you're doing. You can't you can't just be handed them and like fuck it up. You know? You have to know what you're doing still. So there's a hundred percent, a million percent credit do there, right? That's due. Yeah. But like, you know, that's not the like <laughs> that wasn't us, right? That wasn't you. Yeah. No, no, you know, and then no no wealthy family, no, you know, nope. like nothing crazy. Like there's also people in our marketplace who's husbands are spine surgeons and you know uh doctors and you know uh, uber successful people already so it's like Mm -hmm. okay you've already got you know a million dollars in the bank saved so you could afford some time not making money you know (laughs) (laughs) um and then you're also probably already well connected through you know your spouse's job or something and again that's not Mm -hmm. to discredit the work that's being put in to carry that on but, right, because they still have to act and follow through and yep. actually do a good job for their clients. Yep. Um, but more power to them. But you know, a lot yeah. of us are in that position. Yep, and and so that's my point is like is like shit. Like if that if you don't have that pos- type of connection or whatever, like mm-hmm. chances of you doing thirty deals in your first year are, are probably pretty slim. You know. Yeah. And sure. and you're without any prior experience, it's hard to figure that out. Like it's mm-hmm. hard to figure out the business well enough in your first year and especially being young, dude, but it's hard to figure out in your first year how to do that much business because yeah. not for nothing, like people do 30 transactions in a year. They need a transaction coordinator. Like they need, they need to hire somebody most likely. Mm-hmm. And especially as a first year agent, if they don't dude, like they're screwed. I think Jillian is like the only one that I've met who has like done that much work 
and that many transactions first year made like 250k or something and something ridiculous sold a lot of properties without a single helping hand besides maybe somebody showing a property here and there and, and that's like superhero and, shit but like, but like and she'll how. tell you though she'll tell you dude that 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 first year she was run ragged like she yeah. was uber depressed she was uber like just worn out and you know uh just in a bad state of mind right and mm -hmm. she i mean she's learned a lot since then and just from the outside now i no longer like really associate with her much just because of companies and stuff um you know she's not in my office is what i'm saying um right and so just from the outside it seems like things are fine you know mm -hmm. um but like somebody somebody like that like that is a unicorn you know what i mean yeah. You you need to get you need to get some help there. <laughs> yeah. Especially if you have a family <laughs> life and stuff, shit, dude. Yeah, it's you, like, it's insane. To have that much business and and do it all yourself, I I don't think I'd wish that on anybody. No, literally with nobody to help. I don't know how it's yeah. I don't know how it's done, dude, and it's no, insane. I'm looking forward to the day when I can start looking for a TC. Yeah. Yeah. Like when I'm doing that much business and I'd be like, "Okay, yeah, I'll get you under contract." Yep. You know. Um, next you know what i would say dude well actually so you got your sister um yeah if yeah. she would i don't know if she would do it what price what her prices are but like we pay ours per transaction um mm -hmm. which is i think what most of them are but ours is 250 a transaction and dude it's it, she's a lifesaver <laughs> all the communication throughout the transaction like, you know, we're not, we're not doing that much business where, you know, somebody would say we absolutely need one, but we want yeah. one because we want that time freed up, you know, right. More money generating activities yep, at that point. Cause we're doing we're other things. And so it's paperwork. Yeah. And paperwork is the least uh, aside outside. Of, again, your sister is a unicorn cause nobody else likes that paperwork. <laughs> I was just going to say that I and, love her to death, but yeah. it, it, I mean, I don't, exactly hate it but i definitely don't enjoy it no dude but she loves that shit that's more power to her man that's uh yep that's insanity to me but you know hey to each his own and and that's a viable business dude there's i mean shit mm -hmm. our our onboarder dude our onboarder um let's see she's also she's a producing agent down in rockland county in uh by new york city but mm -hmm she did her she's doing her own like onboarding business and uh she onboards basically anybody that comes into legit agents and um there's a few other places that she gets them from but it's her own business now she just teaches everybody how to use the systems and stuff and um she's super cool she was a police officer in in new york city and her husband still is but um she makes w what seems like a good amount of money just knowing what will and eli pay for her like mm -hmm. it's it's a lot of money dude you know oh yeah and then she'll do group group pricing and stuff so if you have like say avery and i brought six people over at once like a team or something right it would that would be one price versus somebody individually or whatever and but it's like 250 mm -hmm. 250 and on board or something like that um, Jeez. which is, you know, that like that's paid for by, for us, it was by Will and Eli, but then for anybody coming on to like our downline would be me and Avery are paying for that. 
but that is mm-hmm. so worth it to get that agent on track quickly and like yep. to do it well, make sure it's done right. Cause dude, I haven't seen anybody better than her. She, she's good. She's dry. She's a little bit boring, but like she's, she's good, you know, but she gets shit done. Yep. And she's young like us, you know, she's really maybe, maybe 30, maybe. I don't even, Holy I don't, shit. I don't even think that, but her and her mom have a team in uh Rockland County and they have a YouTube channel and stuff and they're trying to figure that out. And they're part, they're not officially part of legit agents, but they're honorary members because she onboards all of the legit agents. So, gotcha. um, so they're in there, they're in the groups and stuff. You, you might see her. I don't even know how to pronounce her last name, but, um, <laughs> yeah. So, um, all right, bro. So, uh, real quick before we mm-hmm. hop off here, um, I've got one question that I like to have all of our guests unprepared for, but leave the podcast off with. All right. Um, Mm -hmm. So obviously the show is called Legion of Impact, right? Mm -hmm. So the question I want you to leave us off with is uh, what is the impact that you wish to leave in the world? Take a second to think about it. And it changes, bro. These kind of things change. They're evergreen. They're living, living beings and, you know, Mm -hmm. um, always evolving. Yeah. The impact I'd like to leave in the world. That's a very tough question there, Anthony. It's loaded. (laughs) It's loaded. Damn. Put you on the spot. I didn't even, I didn't, I've prepared one person before, but, um, I mean, dude, it could be anything. It could be, uh, could literally just. Let me pull up chat GPT real quick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and dude, if you don't have an answer, man, it's it's okay to <laughs> go think about it because I think it's an important question. And honestly, if I if I were to give you an answer right now, it would be a bunch of mumble jumble. Like just because it it does change, you know, what you thought mm-hmm. might be uh, your impact in the world today might be different when you think about it, you know, a year from now. And it's, I guess it's not something people answer, think about every day. So, yeah, I, it definitely not something you think about every day. And, uh, I'm thinking more on a day to day basis. Yeah. Um, I don't know if this is like the hippie in me, but I always really go out of my way to try to do one or two nice things a day. Yep. Um, because you never know what people are going through on a day to day basis or what they're going through in their life. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's just, uh, you know, a a friendly smile or a a compliment. Um, I really try to just do one or two nice things a day to try to spread love and happiness. Like I said, I don't know if that's the hippiness in me being a grateful dead fan. Um, very well could be, but I also really take that to heart. Um, because I know I really enjoy it when people do it to me, you know, you could be having a really shitty day and one compliment could really change your daily perspective or even that week or that month. Um, And I guess that would be the impact that I like to try to leave on the world is, you know, just, just, you know, there's no point in being a, a a hard ass or be mean for no reason at all. Um, it, it costs $0 to be nice. And sometimes you have to swallow your own pride, but, you know, compliment somebody, hold the door open for somebody. Um, you know, a friendly smile here and there really goes a long way for people. Yep. And I think that would be my uh, my chosen impact on the world. 
I love that. Um, a lot of, I, I've heard it been said, I forget who, who says it, but they say, uh, don't judge a man until the day he dies. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I've talked to you about this before, but, um, you know, when you think about it, if so- somebody could be a shitty person right now, they could mm-hmm. also be going through a terrible time in life right now, you know? Yeah. And so those kind of things correlate. Um, I think it's direct correlation. Um, mm-hmm. So, but then somebody could be the nicest dude right now, but then when they're 75 years old, they go on a murder spree, you know? Mm-hmm. I, yeah. And then it's a, 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 what do you call it? Like a murder-suicide or whatever, right? So mm-hmm. when they die, would you say they were a good person? Probably not. <laughs> they just yeah. murdered a bunch of people, right? But if somebody's just a, a douchebag right now, they're mean to people or whatever, but then they turn 30, right? And after you disassociated with them, they turn 30 and they go out, they find this like peace and, you know, love in their heart and they go and they mm-hmm. spread good in the world, you know? Yep. Then you would probably determine them to be a good person. Yeah, for the most part, you know, I mean, uh, like I mentioned it early on, my sister probably said I was the the worst little brother ever. (laughs) Um, And a lot of things have changed since then. Sure. So I always believe in second chances for people and people can change if given the opportunity. Yeah. Um, And, you know, you never know what people go through on a day to day basis or within their life. So um, be willing to give people a second chance for redemption. I think that's important. The the impact that I'm thinking about, I think about heavily for me is uh like you said in like number one increasing positivity in the world mm-hmm. and like making it louder making positivity louder right but yes. then also like making uh people be able to see their own potential more right Ooh, I, I, like I, I think i think that we're so like engulfed in this world of like everybody is being uh what is Let's see. What is the uh, term I'm looking for here? Everyone's just being, um, man, I don't know what the the word is, but they're being hindered by this external force, if you will, that Mm -hmm. just kind of blocks their potential from them. And I I think that it's done through a, a variety of things. I think schools, I think parents, I think uh, uh, nine to five jobs. I think doctors, right. Um, <clears throat> I th- the government especially, uh, <laughs> I, I, there's a lot of external factors that, that make people, um, kind of diminish or discredit their own potential. And, mm-hmm. um, I think if people would just understand how much potential they actually do have, right. Regardless of anything that they were told, um, I mean, you look at Les Brown. Les Brown is arguably one of the greatest motivational speakers in the world. And he was was declared at the time, and at the time this term was a medical, um, I guess, uh, diagnosis. Uh, At the time, he was declared uh, mentally retarded. And Mm -hmm. um, in that he would never be able to you know, read or do anything. Uh, he became one of the, the greatest um, DJs on the radio. 
And then he is now uh, the greatest um, motivational speaker in the world. Uh, on the same stage as Tony Robbins, on the same stage as all these other people. Uh, Lewis Howes, right? Lewis Howes is, he runs um, School of Greatness podcast. He, his podcast, dude, he's arguably the best interviewer in the world. He has, uh, he's probably interviewed hundreds of the greatest minds in the world today. People mm -hmm. from Mel Robbins to Robert Greene to Tony Robbins to, uh, to Les Brown to literally everyone. He's interviewed them. And uh, he was in special ed classes his whole life. Um, he was sexually abused when he was uh, like seven years old or something. And he lived on his sister's couch for a long time. So like what I'm saying is like people don't understand their own potential until uh, they either decide to wake up or something is said to them to make them wake up or some, something happens, right? But all these external forces hold everybody down. Um, and it's also like the the linear kind of path from from grade school up to corporate America. It's middle school or primary school, middle school, high school, college, get a degree, spend a lot of money on that degree <laughs> that you don't make money, yeah. you know, in a corporate job. And then you go to a corporate job, right? School was designed for manufacturing jobs. That's it. It's what it was designed for historically and not good, bad or indifferent, but it tends to limit a lot of people's beliefs and people have a lot of self-limiting beliefs. So I think yeah. it'd be important. I, I want to take it upon myself to help people see their own potential and find that and then help mm -hmm. other people see theirs. Um, I love that. So not only am I hoping to help people, I want them to help people too. And I don't know that that's just me. I've thought quite a bit about it, but um, I don't know. I think it's important if 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 you can get someone to believe in themselves, man, you just opened up a pot of gold for them, you know? That's a power, powerful <clears throat> thing to do. Um Yeah, that's extremely powerful. But I but like what you said though, man, like just showing people that you care about them, you know? Mm -hmm. Even positivity, that, man. Even like exactly what you said is like that is also a way of like doing what I said, <laughs> you yeah, know, does yeah, that they, make sense? They, so like, it's like, yeah, they work they together hand in hand yeah. for the most part. Yep. And that's, what's great about that. And, you know, I, I find that most people, the impact that they want to leave is on that same premise, you know, mm -hmm. and then all of them eventually can tie together. But what I want on this podcast is for people to start thinking about that to mm -hmm. start thinking about what the impact is that they want to leave. Um, cause not many people think about it, you know, including myself, yeah. not many people think about it. And I think if people, more people thought about it, then, you know, we, we could have a better world. So at least hopefully I've never thought you know. about asking myself that question. And now it's something that I'll probably think about once a week. I think it's important, dude. I do. Yeah. Um, I think more people should ask themselves that. And uh, I think they'll learn a lot about themselves too, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. that inner discovery kind of thing. So keep doing this, keep putting out podcasts. Yep, people will. I mean, keep getting good guests for the podcast too. And hey, um, now, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, 
Yeah, man. Well, we appreciate you coming on. I know this was last minute, guys. If you're listening, I or watching, I literally texted Bryce right before this, like, "Hey, you got a second free? Like, want to do a podcast?" And he's like, "Shit, right now, just cracked open a <laughs> bottle of wine." But yeah, I'm good. <laughs> got to sit right next to me. <laughs> perfect. Uh, that's a perfect time to hop on a podcast is when you got some wine in front of you and, and yep. you're good to go. Get the juices flowing a little bit, and you know. Good to now go. I'm go uh, what am I even drinking here? I don't know. Whatever this is, I can't even. Some chateau. Some chateau. Some, some Malbec. Cabernet huh. Sauvignon. So yeah, there you go. I'm gonna go finish this baby off and enjoy the rest of my night. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, enjoy. Uh, appreciate you coming on and um, spreading some some love and, and knowledge and some wisdom too. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think everybody's got wisdom, no matter how deep into a business they are, or no matter how young they are. There's always something they can share. And I agree. Everybody walks a different path and can really provide a different experience. Yep. Um, I agree with that. And and it's it's that too. It's it's provided. It's sharing that experience. You know that. Yeah. I think that ultimately lets people learn from them. I've got like this. You know the plastic things from tags, like that oh, you have to pull out of like everything. I've got this yep. sticking out of my head, and it's kind of pissing me off, like because I can feel it, dude. I'm ADHD or ADD like that. It's insane. But um, all right, bro. Super appreciate you coming on here. We're gonna be doing this a lot more. Um, Let me know. And I'm excited to to watch your growth, especially through social media and um, you know that translating to your sales and stuff. And I'm already mm-hmm. super proud of how far you've already come since the first day that we met. Um, yeah. You know, feels like forever ago, just, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Just you know, the conversations that you're having with people and stuff, it's it's different than than that first day, you know. Oh, and yeah. so I'm super proud to see that. That's it's cool to to watch you kind of grow through that and um, you know, and then uh, you know, ideally we're gonna be doing a lot more in the future and a lot more of these yeah. and we'll be hopping on like neighborhood spotlights together and stuff like that, you know. Doing all mm-hmm. sorts of that sounds good. We can get creative with things. So, yeah, um, I'm always down, man. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> absolutely. Thank you for all the, uh, the help throughout this this uh, journey. Yeah, dude. Um, it's been a pleasure. What a long, strange trip it's been. Yeah. So I know it's it's been a pleasure through Colorado and through everything, man. It's been good getting to see it and watch it. You yeah. Know? So it, it's been crazy, man. Yeah. But, um, I will talk to you soon. I yeah. hope you have a great evening. And uh, thank you again, man. This was awesome. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Thank you. All right, guys. That is it. That is Bryce Norton, the man. Um, Thank you guys for uh, tuning in. Sorry, I got distracted for a second. Thank you guys for tuning in. We appreciate you listening. Don't forget to pay the fee, which is just sharing with a friend. If you got something from this, you learned something from it, you felt emotionally Mm -hmm. tied to it or whatever, be sure to share the show and don't be a hoe. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> be, be sure be sure to subscribe too <laughs> all right thanks guys see ya <laughs> see you man